Oh, get your new Bibles out and write in them, right? <laughs> yeah. It's great to have Bibles that you have all written in where you have to get new Bibles because you have no space to put your new notes in. That's what it's about. Ever learning, isn't it? That's the Word of God is precious. And uh, those kind of things we want to remember and print on it. Go back and read them. And... But the Word of God itself is where everything's coming from, isn't it? What a joy it is. And uh, we are actually finishing up on chapter 1 today, Lord willing, uh, in our study of Romans 1, we have examined what I would say is the most dreadful description of the sinful human race in all of literature. That's right, in all of literature. I think I can feel safe about that. I don't know of any other literature that strikes out against the condition of man Nothing compares with the Word of God, does it? It began with the rejection of God by these sinful human beings and it proceeds to God's turning it over, abandonment. He abandons them to their sin, which they enjoy, but it only is logical that the consequences come out of that and that's where He abandons them to as they have a result of falling into really a horrible pit of depravity. And that's where mankind is going. In the opening section of Romans 1, um, and really 18 through 32 is really where the emphasis is at, and then it will continue on through chapter 3, verse 20. And God is saying how important it is, it's strategically important to know the guilt of man and what he has done with God and what he does to him in his mind. Uh, God pronounces judgment to the ones who are not his in this opening section. He condemns all of mankind in, in their flesh and in their being. And without Christ, they are nothing. And they're all headed towards that way. Now that's what Romans 1, 18 through 3.20 is dealing with. We have really seen the heart of it already. John Murray, a great commentator, observed that uh, we have a list here in Romans 1 today that finishes up the chapter starting at uh, 29. And he said this about that, We cannot but be impressed with the Apostles' insight into the depravity of human nature as apostatized from God, the severity of His assessment of these moral conditions, and the breadth of His knowledge respecting the concrete ways in which human depravity came to expression. It's expressed in these ways, and we see it in much detail, as we've seen already. You know, it's, it's hard to imagine anything more horrible than this great catalog, uh, this list of sins that's given here as we look at it today in our text. Uh, not just because they are horrible in themselves, but it's because they're with us everywhere. They dominate society. They dominate the world. And I want to tell you, as I was reading through Romans 1 again this week, I said how current this is. This is as current as today's newspaper. Today's newspaper might, have, might not have all the truth. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't compare, but... That's how current this is. This was written 2,000 years ago. And it's like speaking right to our time today. It is so incredible. Speaks about exactly where our nation, our world, our culture is at today. And it's a depraved world, isn't it? Very depraved. We recognize that. We know that. Um... I was reading a little bit of Steve Lawson on this chapter, and he said, we are looking at the death of a society. 
When you read this text, we are looking at the death of a society. That's rather remarkable when you think about that, rather shocking. Uh, he went on to say, the graveyard of past civilizations is filled with these corpses, corpses of these sins, the nature of man. So as we examine this passage, we have to ask this question. Can a nation survive without God? Can a society or culture continue on without God? Can any kind of function, a society as far as uh, culture, can they endure the res restraining or the non-restraint of God's law? Can they keep on going without God being in the center? So, as we look at this text, this is the outcome of a society that rejects God. And uh, it starts with, in Romans 1.18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. They reject that truth. And after you get a rejection, you see uh, an absolute downward spiral. This is something that's been present since Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And whenever sin came into place, that is the spiral. That's the way it always is with every person. But it also goes along with a society that starts kind of good and then just keeps on spiraling down, a moral decline accelerating rapidly. It's moving quickly, increasing speed into the darkness of their own self-destruction as God lets them go or lets them continue in sin and even worse than ever and it continues to go. Uh, Romans 1, 28-32 What can we get out of this? Well, if you're a believer, you're not really any of these. But you were these. Many of these things that you practiced. These things you might still do that comes from the flesh, but the new man really is not these anymore. And these are bound for destruction and punishment. Uh, so what we will look at is that we also understand what is going on in our world today because you can say everything is upside down it's topsy-turvy I don't even get it what they're doing what is going on I mean everybody's asked that question especially in the last year and a half but what we're not going to hear here is a message of upbeat positive mental thinking uh, what we're going to hear is where you won't hear it anywhere else unless it preaches God's Word. Now, I'm not saying we're the only ones doing that. <laughs> Obviously, there are many churches that do believe in the Bible and preach it, preach against sin. But And so I'm not even talking about churches. You think out in the world, you're not going to hear it out there proclaimed by uh, local government, state government, and on into national government, federal government. You're not going to hear this kind of message, are you? Although it's the most important message that could ever be given. And uh, so the everything that you believe in, and when you believe and you're saying this is true, it's totally antithetical as far as the world is concerned. Everything that we say here, they would be disagreeing with. They would hate it. They would not enjoy any of this at all. Not that I'm, I would enjoy these terms that we brought out today. We'll be bringing out. But everything here is absolutely what God has spoken. The world does not believe this. Uh, we have a worldview. The world has its own worldview. It's not anything like this. Um, we do not have a man-centered worldview we have a God-centered worldview where He is absolutely, totally sovereign in everything, including the most important thing to us, and that's salvation.
He is sovereign over all that. He's in total control. He doesn't leave it up to us. We are here because of His great grace. His mercy, His love. And so we take a divine perspective as we look at this today. And like I say, what we're going to be saying and what we have been saying is not even popular among, I've got a feeling, probably a majority of the churches today. They may believe in God's Word, but this section they may not want to talk about it. But we have to, because this is where the Gospel starts. We are sinners in the need of a great God. And we must repent and confess and trust in Christ's sacrifice to be in the family of God. And it's all His work. So you've heard of... uh, the, Jerry uh, Bridges had the title of a book called Respectable Sins. Well, these are disrespectful sins of the death spiral. This is depravity of man. And that is the, the title as we call it today. Depravity of man is the very first point in what is called TULIP, an, an acronym of what the Reformed theology put in a real quick, succinct way. Uh, We may term it differently, but the T stands for total depravity. And that's what that whole tulip essence, it came from Holland, and they're familiar with their tulips, and so it started with that and translated into our English, but we have uh, that sense. And it's not that man is as sinful as he can be, because he can get worse. (laughs) But as as far as his depravity, it is taken in every avenue of our lives, in every aspect, whether it be spiritual, of course we are dead in our sins. We are in darkness. But it also affects us physically. We are, man was affected even physically whenever sin came. And mentally, like I say, in every avenue, it's all been affected. And that is depravity. And so that's what we'll be keying in on today. Let's grab our scriptures and we're going to start at Romans 1, 28 through 32. And we will uh, read that. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Dear Heavenly, Holy Father, what a great God You are. You are holy, absolute. You are perfect. Mankind was created, and it was good to You. But yet man, being tested, fell. And Lord, as we concentrate in Romans 1, we see something very dreadful. And there will be judgment on all of those sins. As we look at it today, we as Christians realize that that was put upon Jesus Christ, your Son, at the cross. And we know that if it's not paid for there, then people will be paying it forever for their sins, receiving the just due penalty. And here is a list, a description of man without God. In Jesus' name, amen. says in verse 28, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, concentrate on they just for a moment. Who is the they? Uh, 
in one sense, we can identify with this and say, this was us. And, and I do still sin, even as a Christian. And I shouldn't. We must confess, repent of our sins, but the they here is made very curly who they are. And if you're a Christian, I am so thankful that this does not apply to you because God's judgment, His wrath is coming upon them and I'll, I'll show you why. We're going to back up. We're going to back up all the way to verse 18. We're going to start in... We, we read verse 28, they, look in 27. In the same way also the men abandon the natural function, the women, right? So, and then you go down to the end of that, it's the penalty of their error. Their error. Um, verse 26, for this reason God gave them over they, them. Verse 25, they exchange the knowledge of God for a lie. There's they. In the verse before, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored. We're getting it, you know, from all sides. Homosexuality and then pornea, fornication outside of marriage kind of sex, so he's covered all of that. You keep backing up, we keep tracing it. We're looking for the antecedent here, who the they is. And in verse 22, they became fools. They became fools. They didn't honor God giving thanks. Verse 20, it says they are without excuse. They Verse 19, that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. Them, they, there. And now we get to the antecedent. Verse 18, we arrive at that. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed, it's shown from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Who are these people? Who is the they? Well, the they in verse 28 are the God-rejectors from 18 through 27. They're the unrighteous, the ungodly. They reject God. Reject His truth for a lie. So this describes those who are outside the kingdom of God. That's really who this is. People who are outside the kingdom of God. They're not believers. And ultimately, these people, we don't know who they are, will ultimately be cast into hell. We have a good idea. We can say if they keep doing what they're doing and showing who they are, they will go to hell. You can say that, but still yet. As far as we're concerned... We don't know who all is going to heaven and hell. That's why we are just to bring out and deliver the gospel. And let God take care of that. I'm glad we don't, right? Uh, it says in Hebrews 10.30, Vengeance is mine. I will repay I will repay the evil that's been done, right? Says the Lord God. These are the people who defy God. They reject God. And then He repays them with the wrath of God. Pretty heavy stuff. It's called divine abandonment. Uh, the reprobate will be finally judged. They are being judged right now by their doing the sins that they do. Whether it be pornea, or whether it be homosexuality, whether it be their thinking, it's their whole nature. This is what they are and they prove it. And all it does is it hurts themselves and it hurts others. So we see that they do not see fit to acknowledge God. Just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. They didn't see it fit. Now it's interesting, that word uh, deals with... Uh, Adakimas, it's, that's a root word in that phrase. 
That means that God doesn't pass the test. It's dealing with uh, metal and it doesn't have enough silver or gold in it to even amount to anything. It's worthless. Absolutely worthless and useless. It's been tested. God has been tested by them and they say, we don't want Him. He's worthless. He doesn't even exist. He's nothing. So that's what they do. They test Him. They put Him to the test. They don't see fit to acknowledge God in any way. They chose to reject God. This is the fifth time in this section that has been stressed the intentional rejection of God. They continue to reject. This is why they do the things they do. They don't want anything to do with God. God finally says, okay, if that's the case, go at it. There will be a punishment in all of that in the sin itself that will destroy you. God made known the truth of His existence to everyone who's ever been born. All know about that. There's been a general revelation. We've covered that. And there will be severe punishment for those who reject general revelation. Very severe there will be a much severer punishment for those who reject the truth, the gospel that goes beyond just general revelation. It's direct revelation. Specific revelation. It's called the gospel that is revealed in God's Word. And they've probably heard it. They've heard it Many times, many people went to church for a while, a week or two, some for years, and then they reject God because of something that happened in their lives and they couldn't accept God for what happened, so therefore He doesn't exist. Um, America has had general revelation but think of the specific revelation that has been brought to this nation. I think more so than ever in history and ever compared to any other nation in all the world. This is how blessed our nation has been and we know the roots of it and how it started and how there was a the Christianity that was behind it. Most men that came here, men and women, children, were believers and they, they were true to that. The thing is, is what has happened is that there, if you look at this nation, there has been an unprecedented, an unprecedented amount of churches and pulpits to preach the Scripture from. I have never seen so many churches in this you know, if you look in this world, you'll see in a town, there will probably be a little small town of a few hundred people. You might see four or five churches. In a city, you'll see them all over the place. You'll always see buildings. They might be totally empty or empty spiritually, the way that it usually works. But we know that there have been a lot, millions of churches. Television programs. Videos. Radio programs, many of them very, very sound theologically. Bible colleges, all the books that have been made available. And then whenever I was in a, uh, doing the bookstore, Christian bookstore, all of a sudden it came out that a lot of the Puritan works that were done in the 1600s were now being made available that you could never get before. And now we're reading like things that even go back now on Jonathan Edwards, uh, though I think most of his stuff was out, but you go back to John Owen and uh, Bunyan and some of those guys. Of course, he had a bestseller and still is uh, uh, quite a seller, but there it was. You know, you can find it out on the internet and you can get it for free. Amazing how many of those good books and going on and on up to our time that have been made available. I mean, the publishing houses 
how many we had, and we sent more missionaries out than anybody ever has ever in the history of mankind. When you think of the late 1700s, especially into the 1800s, early 1900s, we were sending people right and left, giving them the, the gospel all over the world. And so here we are. There's been a direct exposure of God's Word. Uh, you can have people who don't even believe in God and they have a Bible at home. Uh, most Christians probably have at least two, one, two, three, four, five, six, ten Bibles at home. That's good. <laughs> Matter of fact, a lot of you are guilty of giving those away. Guilty in a good way. Because you have them stacked there in case somebody needs one. So, uh, we are not at a negative sense of not having the Bible here. It's all over the internet. Anybody can get to it at any time. Just open up the phone and go into any, any version you want. It's there. I think this country as a whole has resolutely rejected the knowledge of God. How much it has and how much this country does not want God's resemblance of who He is, whether it's in the courtroom, they don't want His justice there. They don't want the mind of God in the classroom. And at the same time, we know that they do not want the name of God in the public square, whether that be at work, whether it be politics, what have you. We're seeing the repudiation of God in our lives, in this nation that arises out of the total depravity of man's heart. And whether one has revealed a whole lot or very little, they are held responsible for how they respond to that with what God has given. So were we. Such were some of us. And I don't want to speak in a self-righteous way. Because I know that there are a lot of sins right here that we have done, even as Christians. But like I say, we've already looked at who the they are, and ultimately that's really what this is. It can be very convicting to us, and God's Word should. But we know we take comfort in His truth. We sang some of the songs this morning that were very uplifting and comforting, weren't they? About the very God who we find our life in and we go running to Him. So, um, as you follow in your outlines, we're at point two. We just did number one, rejection of God. By the way, in a bulletins, you, if you've probably noticed, there's an outline on one side of the bulletin on the other side was our order of service there. Uh, so I just want to make clear, if you don't have one and say, what are you talking about? There are some, uh, like, on chairs there. Feel free to grab one if you, if you like. A lot of times I used to put it up on, the, on our screens. Um, but I figured, uh, you've got it on paper, you can write on that, right? Number two is the retribution of God. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, that's the first phrase in that verse, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. He gives them over to let them do their sins. And that in itself is a judgment. Very much so. We've already seen that. This is the third time God gave them over. Verse 26, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity. Verse, uh, that was 24, right? 26, God gave them over to degrading passions for the women exchange a natural function and so did men. Verse 28, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind or a reprobate mind. Same thing there. Um, so, and by the way, that word abandoned or turned them over is paradidomai, to be given over to judgment, to be turned over to imprisonment, to be locked up in their sin. There's no hope of escape in this divine abandonment 
except the key of the mercy of God. There is hope in that. So we've seen those three now. God turned them over. God turned them over. God turned them over. To a reprobate mind. A depraved mind. Adakimas. And what is adakimas? Dakimas means to be tested. And I already said that once. Because the people tested God. And He came up short. They didn't want Him. Because He was useless and worthless. Well, God flips over on the other side. Here's what they do to God. You know what God does to them? He abandons them. He abandons them to this awful sin. That's the muck and the mire that we are in today. That's what we live in. Well, you see, what He does is He turns them over because He tests them. He shows that they are worthless. That they are not valuable. They're not valuable without God, okay? They are useless. As far as God is concerned, He put them to the test. All the gold and silver that was in there was really either nothing. It really turned out to be all dross. They're worthless metals and they can't come up. That was the way that that was used. So God uses a dakimos here again when He turns them over. That's the idea. No longer able to what? Reason. Because their mind is depraved. When you have a collective society like we have in our nation, it comes to this point that where we are at right here, right now, where we've been, that they cannot reason. They have sunk to a new low. And that's why this is so current here, because there's a lot of things that do not make any sense whatsoever. And it's because God turned them over to that. Uh, Illogical decisions is the thought there. They cannot think reasonably. They make insane choices. They are incapable of rational thought. Did you understand that? Without God and His mind, they cannot have rational thought. Now that's where God has turned them over to. They can't see this truth that we know as the Gospel. And it's the only answer to anything that is negative. It's the only answer to sin, isn't it? And all the terrible situations we are in. The mind is rendered incapable of thinking right. It's insane. This is called divine justice. This is justice that comes from God that causes them to sink yet deeper into sin. You can say, what kind of God is that? Well, He's a very just God. You know, you've always heard people say, I want, I want justice. Well, if you get justice from God, oh, I, I have to think about justice back here. He smiled because he knew that I, I couldn't get past that. Every time I say justice, by the way, I want to tell you, just interlude here and break it up for a moment and that will kind of loosen things up and then we'll get back to it. He has a 13th birthday coming up this week. It's Wednesday. Justice. He's been with us all of his life. Thank the Lord for justice. Actually for the whole family. There. But he's special. The reason I remembered that and I asked him, I said, you've got a birthday coming up here and you're going to be 13. I don't always remember the birthdays and how old they are. You always say, hey, now, how old are you now? And you kind of guess around it, you know. But I know he's 13, because I remember whenever he was born. It's 2008. That's right here? Good. <laughs> he came to the store for his first Bible study when he was first born. Remember you remember that? Wow, okay, that's taking us way back there, because that boy is getting old. He's a teenager. <laughs> 
He doesn't remember, but you do. We do, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> and that was good, yes. Anyway, I just thought of that. That, was, that is a great name, though. I love that name. I think that's the reason Carolyn named our firstborn also Justin, as it comes from the same root of justice. See, God is just, and He's holy. And He's a God who judges. He is a God of wrath. Thank God He is. If you want to reject that, then you have a different God. And that means He's accepting all the sinful things that go on. And He's going to take it right on into heaven because He won't judge it. And I don't think anybody here would want a God like that. See, we want the whole God the way that He is. Even though it sounds really harsh, God is so good. So everything that He does is good, isn't it? It's a good thing that He does. He says, they reject Him, He rejects them. That's justice. That is being just. So, Adakimas, no longer able to reason is what it really finally comes down to. He didn't pass the test for them, they reject Him. They don't pass the test for him. He rejects them. He abandons them. He turns them over to a depraved mind. I just have to reflect on a few things that have gone on in the last year and a half. I think of the transgender bathroom situation. This has been going on for more than a year and a half. and Anybody would know. Even Christian, non-Christians would reason this out and say that is the craziest and the stupidest and the most, that's immoral to do, amoral to do. You can't have that because it's going to reek with all sorts of consequences. But transgender people can choose the bathroom they go into. Well, we know exactly. That is really going to go along real well, isn't it? We know what's going to happen as a result of that. Of course, not too long back in the state of Virginia, uh, they actually had a situation where this happened, went into a girl's bathroom. He was really a guy, but dressed like a girl, wants to be called a girl, goes into the bathroom and rapes the girl. You guys heard of that? That shouldn't surprise us at all. Who knows how many different things has happened in those kind of bathroom settings. Is there anything more insane than that? It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Everybody went nuts when we first started hearing about it, but it's amazing that it continues on. That's in the schools. And they upheld that. The the principal even wanted to just gloss it over that it really didn't happen. How can you do that? The parents had enough. Of course, with the whole critical race theory, that was one of the biggest things. But this idea, it's all the woke generation and the parents had enough and the state had enough and they re-elected a man who had some common sense. And uh, you look at all these governors across the states Many of them have lost their senses. Actually, they know exactly what they're doing. They enjoy doing it because it means more power for them and it'll hit us right into the kind of state they want. But, incapable of sound thinking. Why do they think that way? Well, God has turned them over to do that. And that's where they finally go. He turns them over to a depraved mind. Defunding the police, have you ever heard of such a thing? When you first heard that term, hadn't heard it two or three years ago, right? I, I didn't, and all of a sudden I heard it. I go, what are you talking about? That's crazy, that's nuts, that'll never happen. Well, in Minneapolis, a place where they really needed the police because they were torching the place up. People being killed and such, and what do you know? Here we have uh, somehow they want some kind of policing back. Oh, really? What? You know, how many other cities defund the police? New York, they still have that going on. It's crazy. Chicago, defund the police, and you have a mayor there who is just absolutely insane, nuts. And all the crime and the murders that have gone on there. 
Uh, I last got the statistic on that, I think, for within a space of 10 to 12 months. is like 800 murders. And they let the murders go out of prison to walk the streets. I, I go, how can this be? Right here. A depraved mind. They release murders. Uh, matter of fact, that Mayor Lightfoot says all the crime is due to white supremacists. <laughs> and that's why black people are killing black people. That's insane. There's some technology and equipment that has been offered to Mayor Lightfoot to try to trim down the murders that are going on to equip the police. And she said, absolutely not. Why is she even still there as mayor? What? She's nuts. And she says the equipment would be racists. Really? <clears throat> What's going on in the retail stores? Walmarts, Walgreens. Think about all the box stores, the grocery stores. People are going in with big carts, loading them all up, going outside, don't even pay for it. The employees are there watching them go out and they go in and load up their trucks. As there are going to be five, six, seven people at a time with these carts just loading them. I saw this just on TV. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. And the employees, they're told not to confront them as they walk out the door with that stuff without paying for it. I'm going, what country are we in? This is becoming standard. And so in the meantime, the prices go up and the, the police really don't do anything about it because they're told you can't do anything about it. And if they do, they're there and it's way too late. They're gone. It, this makes no sense to any of us, does it? It's like, why can't I get it? Well... Just like, of course, the deal with the borders uh, up until really not only within uh, just a few years ago. Everybody was for borders everywhere. Every nation was, and they still are, except the United States, obviously, uh, and Mexico. And why would you let cartels come in without even being checked? Just let them go and let them disperse themselves. Sex traffickers are coming in by the hundreds and the thousands are uh, also the MS-13 and their numbers, the terrorists, the smugglers, the drugs are coming in like crazy. And they come in and they look at the people and they look at Americans and they go like this as they cross the border and just go right on in. And these people, it's not just come from Mexico. We're talking about Everett, not only further south, Central America, South America, at least check them, right? No, they're coming from the Middle East also in huge numbers. And what are they bringing? All sorts of diseases, and everybody's worried about the uh, corona. Well, guess what? They bring that too. Why am I saying all of this? This is the None of this makes any sense. Why would you let the enemy come in? Why? And then our, I looked at the gas prices. I came here this morning and it was the same price as it was yesterday, but we know that they will continue to go up as Thanksgiving and Christmas comes. As we are told that they will come back down, well, the thing is, why would they come back down? Because we had oil here in our own country and we were independent. And we had a pipeline. All of that was shut down by our administration so that we would be dependent upon OPEC? Are you kidding me? That's nothing but crime right there and then depending upon the Middle East again. If, uh, if you're a man, you're not a man. It'll get to where you can't use that term. It'll be defunct. Uh, they'll ride you right out of town. A woman can't be called a woman. That's what they're trying to get to. Uh, we are underneath the rule of people who have encouraged looting and rioting. Uh, murder is rampant. It doesn't make sense. If you're white, you are a supremacist. 
I like I like all races. There's only one race. It's the one race is what God made. It's humankind, and I love every person in that sense that God has given, and they are from Him. So I'm not racist whatsoever. But I don't want to be called a racist, a white supremacist, just because I was born white. So. It goes with the Kyle Rittenhouse who is defending himself or the the couple that defended themselves in St. Louis where people were threatening their lives. Rittenhouse was there on the ground as a man charged him with a gun. And here it is, a uh, the... Um, what was it? The, not the lawyer, because he has the lawyer. The, the, the prosecutor is now saying to him, well, you know... How did you know he was going to kill you? It's like, he should have shot first. And then you can shoot back. I mean, that's really what it came down to. And that's over the line. I mean, that's called self-defense and to have it before everybody. The whole world can see this on TV of what really happened. It's there. I saw it when it first happened on TV and where the people who think correctly were showing it and saying... He did this in self-defense. The leftist media denies due process because the whole media has already condemned him. The very time that he was arrested up until right now, and they're condemning the judge because he's had to quieten down the prosecutor. Well, why is this happening? God gave them over to a depraved mind. They can't think what is true. They like what they have because they're going to be very selfish about it all because it's going to bring a great economy to them. Not the rest of the people. They don't care about that. They don't care about Corona. They don't care about that. Matter of fact, as a whole, they will lie. They will lie. And we'll see all of this stuff that comes through here. Total depravity in verse 29. They do the things which are not proper. Now it's listed and we're not going to spend hours upon each word here. We could, but we will not. This is a catalog of human devices. Folks, this is a definition of man. Every man, woman, child really is this. But the hope is in Christ. I always put that back forth, right? So after they're turned over to total depravity, which is really as soon as they're born, they already have that. They just spiral down and get worse. There are a similar list of carnality, of sins, all throughout the New Testament and Old Testament. There are lists. This is the one that probably has the most comprehensive. Does it include every sin? <laughs> no way. I don't think we could have enough pages to write all the sins that are in man. Um, it's a representative, representative of a total collapse of a society. When people are in huge numbers that do this. And it's their nature. They are abandoned by God. And this is merely a tip of the iceberg when we look at this list. And it's incredible how many there are. It's a synopsis of godless people. And I'm going to go through it rather rapidly. Being filled with all unrighteousness, and that takes me back to verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. The wrath of God is upon them. And then he goes on to tell that he turns them over to this. He turns them over to this, and he turns them over to this depraved mind. And so here we are. They are filled with it. The word plerao is that. We are commanded in Scripture to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 says, Be not drunk with wine, be not filled with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
to be filled, to be dominated by the Holy Spirit, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. A word picture is of a sailboat out on the water and the wind comes and does what to the sails? Fills the sails to move them along. So if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit as you sit right there today, then shame on you because your disobedience says be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? Well, Colossians says be filled with the Word of God. Are you reading the Word of God? Are you studying the Word of God? Is it filling your hearts if it is also the Holy Spirit is? All the time He's supposed to be there. Well, they are filled with unrighteousness. Supernaturally, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. They have a dominant control of a wicked life. It's dominant. That's why they do the things that they do. They're filled with that. Uh, the word for, uh, by the word, way, the word for uh, righteousness is ah, dekia. Uh, ah means negative. Dekia is dealing with righteousness, justness. Okay. Next word is wickedness. It's paneria, which means evil plots, evil purposes. Oh, does that ring a bell? Evil plots. They are wicked. Evil men get together to commit evil, wicked deeds. They initiate plots against people. Next one is greed. It's an evil desire for more. Can't get enough. I want more and more and more and more. They wait for sin to come to them. They initiate that. They, they have a total lack of contentment. Evil, the word there is kakia, means a desire to injure others, to hurt people. They harm in order to get what they want. They will run over people. They will run over people on their way up to the ladder. They step on people to fulfill their greed. Now that's one group of sins, and I don't know if you can really group these sins here, but I always like to put a little package together. It's a, it's a little easier for me to maybe kind of grasp because it seems like they're just running all over the place, and that might be the case. But I call that there all kinds of wickedness. All kinds of unrighteousness, wickedness, evil, all of that, that we see those words greed. The next one are um, sinful pursuits. And that's where envy comes in. Uh, the word there means jealousy. Uh, wishing ill will on people that have something. Because I like to have that, you become envious, jealous. A desire that Others wouldn't have what they have. I wish they didn't have that. Because I don't have it. They're jealous of people. Murder. Uh, people who are willing to kill in order to steal from others or do whatever it is or just for the joy of it. They do it. Boy, is that ever being <coughs> used today. Uh, deceit. Strife. Strife is contention, quarreling. Deceit is lying. It's trickery. Malice is kakotheia, which speaks of malignant hatred, a maligned hatred. It's foaming up inside. Other sinful practices, gossips, that is literally whispers. They secretly murmur. They do it behind the backs of others. You know, be careful. You know, that resembles what lost people do. Don't talk about people behind their backs. There's a perverse plotting and sinister contriving going on behind the scenes, right? Slanders are those ones who try to defame others, make them look bad. Haters of God, those who have rejected God so they hate Him. Insolent, they're lifted up with pride. Um, they have verbal attacks, insults on others, arrogant. See, look at all the pride that's all done here. They're raising themselves up, lowering others. It's like a peacock strutting to hell as they spread out, you know, and they look so, you know, boy, they're strutting, aren't they? 
And that's exactly what many are doing. They're boastful, prideful, inventors of evil. They make up forms of wickedness that has never been done before. Sin is sin. And sin is really those same kind of things, but there's a way of sin being able to be projected out in a way that it never has. And boy, in our time, is it ever. And uh, of course you think of uh, the computers and internet, the phones. Uh, it's hardly, it's inconceivable how much more base can man get. And, of course, what they do on, on your email is they attack that, steal your identity. I mean, things that are being done is just incredible in our times. No, and then disobedient to parents, uh, they have no idea what authority is. Uh, society is anarchy, ultimately. People today don't have a respect for authority on the, as far as the teachers are concerned. You learn authority at home. And you learn that people who have positions where they've been placed, they have authority in that, even in the government, whether it be believer or unbeliever, there's authority that we are to line up underneath. Uh, but we definitely have seen that and children have no idea what authority is, whether it be in the classroom, whether it be at the workplace as they grow up, whether it be in the government. And now we come to 31 without understanding, and I got the word on here, uh, which for the other words there in that, uh, that phrase, that verse, uh, which means no. They have no understanding. They have no trustworthiness. They have no love. They have no mercy. They have no comprehension of who God is, His truth. They don't understand. And they become hardened. That's the idea. They are without understanding. They are untrustworthy. Any vows or business contracts that they make with another, they don't stick to. It's whatever to their own advantage. No principles. Uh, interesting word there, unloving, it means astorge. Ah, negative. Storge is to have a natural kind of love for your family. For mom, dad, brother, sister. There's a natural love for those people, aren't there? No matter what they've done, you still have a love for them. A storge kind of love. Well, astorge they no longer have a love for even their parents or their children. We see all the time where parents kill their children. Children kill their parents. Unheard of in the Old Testament because it was a law at that time. If you said anything against your parents, you could be put to death. Now, I don't know if that was carried about ever. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, that meant a lot, right? That's pretty serious. Unmerciful, the, the idea is they have no compassion on anybody else that has any need. They don't really care. If, if it helps them make look, look to be good, if it helps them be uh, successful, uh, it's about selfishness. It's all about self. Every one of this probably can be termed in one thing, self. We still battle self. We battle the flesh. These sins have been paid for, and I'm thankful, but it still points back to me. And I go, wow, wow, thank you, Lord. A moral decline of countless societies down through history, whether it be Sodom and Gomorrah, whether it be Babylon, whether it be the Roman Empire, on and on and on, they all got their judgment. And it happens before our eyes today. We can look at all of these and say, I'm not so sure what that word means. Oh, we know, don't we? We've seen it happen. Maybe we've done it. It's a death of a godless society. This society will be judged. It's dying right now. Quickly. They bear witness to us. They don't even know what's right and wrong. Romans 2, 14 and 15. We're getting down to the very end on this. 
Hang with me for about a couple more minutes. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. They have the law written. They know what's right or wrong. Eventually it doesn't matter. They even know what the punishment is and they don't care. And that's what's going to be stated in the next verse. They have no conscience any longer. They know that in verse 32 it says um, of Romans 1, they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death. They know that they will die physically. They know that it is wrong or what they are doing. God has given that to them. But the shameful acts they are so prideful of now, they are willing to boast it out. And to tell everybody, to show everybody what they are and who they are and what they believe. Or a few decades ago, a few years ago, people would have been ashamed to say that. They would do it in the closet. Hide in the closet. Shameful acts no longer are hidden in the closet. It's a flagrant immorality that's being put out there. Television, movies, ratings soar. The more evil and immoral that they can get. Because it's good business. Because people like that. Sells more copy, expands the viewing audience. And they give hearty approval to it. It's like, hey, you too can do this. Try it. It's a lot of fun. You don't know what you're missing. And then when they do it, they don't feel guilty about getting somebody else into that. They cheer them on. As they practice those kind of things. They don't feel guilty when other people are doing the same things they are. But if one comes from a righteous mode, they might be considered to be self-righteous by them. And they don't want the righteous people around them because it makes them feel very uncomfortable. There's still a guilt that's there. It's a downward trajectory. We have a decaying society, a slippery slope. Our nation is nearing the bottom. Now, I still yet know that there's something positive as I say this. There's only one hope in a death spiral. There is hope, and it's called Christ. It's Romans 1.16, where all this started. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, that is written, the just shall live by faith. See, there's our hope. You can say, man, all you're speaking about is negative things. How can you say this is the end of the world? I can tell you, I don't know when it will be, but I can tell you, and I can guarantee it, God will judge this nation. And He will judge it severely, maybe more than anybody ever, because we have had more knowledge of God than anybody. When I say we, I'm talking about this nation. You know what? We can't change just by petitioning City Hall. Be, be involved or be praying for your governments, your local governments, your statewide governments, federal government. Pray for that. Pray for the people who are in it. We cannot change legislation. We can make it vocal. We can vote. Please vote. Do all those things. I am not saying that everything is all negative. Oh, what was us? No, I'm saying it, to us, it is glory to God. His plan is being worked out. God, if it's your plan to save this nation and to bring back truth of the Word of God and the Gospel and our leaders would become Christians, wouldn't it be the greatest, glorious thing you'd ever see? So that's how I end today. Only the power of God, though, we cannot legislate and make, even if we got all the right people back into place that we would want, 
and they would represent all of our thoughts. If the gospel isn't in this nation, those things mean nothing. It's through the working of the gospel that explodes in the people's lives and works in them where a nation is turned around. What's going on in our world today? Well, we need a Christian worldview. We need every one of you. We need your vocals. We need you standing up for truth. Get the word out. We can't sit back passively. You have the mind of Christ. And there's no woe to us. There is a woe, woe, woe to the ones who are unholy. God has always worked through a remnant. God is working through the few. He always has done that way. God receives the glory when He works through a handful of disciples. Let's pray. Dear great God, what truth You have given to us. It would seem very bitter, but yet it is also very sweet. Because Lord, You give us the truth. You don't hold it back. You could have held all of this stuff back that we have read that was written down by Paul, inspired by Your Spirit. And out of this, we take it as, oh, I know what's going on in our world. It's like what has gone on in the world since sin came into it. We just happen to be living at a time where I believe it's exposed more than ever before because it has so many ways to be exposed. Lord, thank You for Your truth. Help us be led and filled by Your Word, filled by Your Holy Spirit. And when we get the opportunity to share Your Word, even though it may not be favorable, we know, Lord, it can transplant the very mind of God into hearts that were evil, who are now made holy. In Jesus' name, Amen.